Right, welcome to the Atwood family channel with Jen, Ziggy Hendrix Atwood, <laughs> so we're at six months now, and Alex, who is a doula. Alex, huge thank you for coming on and doing this. Thank you. No problem. What is a doula? What is a doula? Right. I think the easiest way to explain that is, number one, it's non-medical, because a lot of people do get confused you know, there's nothing medical about a doula. We do all the empowerment, the support, you know, the emotional side and physical, but mainly that emotional support to a to a woman and a partner. And that can be through pregnancy, birth, postnatal, it can all of it, parts of it. Um we're a bit like a, a Mary Poppins, I suppose. A Mary Poppins kind of person, you know? We've got this massive bag with loads of stuff in it. And we just come and help you when, what, whatever. And how did you get into something like that? So, I think with with me personally, I think you you can look back, say, at a childhood and go, oh, well, I was always a mother hen. I was always looking after people and enjoying, you know, children. and And I love that side of things. But it was definitely being pregnant for the first time for me because then I stopped and I was thinking questions and as you've probably gone through yourself, you're on Google constantly, what what on earth is going on, you know? And you're overwhelmed, you're flooded with information. Where, Which way do you turn? Because you go that way and then the whole world and his wife tells you it's wrong. And then you go this way, you know, your best mate tells you it's a terrible idea. Oh God, I thought this is just never ending. But I did come back to that internal me, you know, that internal conscious me that really believed, you know, always believing that I'm going to be all right, that I'm going to trust me body and that nothing anyone can tell me is going to be better than what I know myself. And that was just a young girl, like, a, what was that, 23, just, just young and inexperienced. I hadn't read a book on it, but I felt something strongly. And I had word after word, you know, oh God, it was terrible and it was awful, but oh, but it's all worth it. And horror story after horror story and and just thinking, that can't be right. Why, why does it have to be awful? Why, why are people, I'm always naturally sceptic, but in the most positive way. Like how can we go back to the root of something and, and truly believe it and understand it? And it starts with us doesn't matter about the doctor, the midwife, your friend, your mat, no one. Like, really, really is you. So that is where it began for me. That that feeling, that empowering feeling, like, God, like, you, your bum's grown and, you know, you feel the kicks and this is, this is amazing. <laughs> like, what the, yeah. you know, amazing. And I suppose some people, they might not, they can still enjoy pregnancy and feel empowered by it. But I definitely sensed that I was a little bit more excited. <laughs> you know, I was really excited and, you know, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't worried about what I was eating all the time. I wasn't, you know, someone would say, oh, you can't eat that. And I'd think, well, it's only once. Do you know what I mean? It's, I'm not going to eat this every single day. So I think that the relaxed nature of me and my intuition and how strongly I felt within myself then led us on to how can I help other women? Because I don't want to see this 
knock-on effect of this negative thought, this, the seed is planted, the negative experience, the, you know, the negative birth experience, and then postnatal, you know, depression and the blues. And it's one thing after the other. It's a, a knock-on effect. If you don't start with the root, you don't start at home, you don't start at you, then, you know, there's not much look after that you've really got to start with you so yeah anyway that 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 is how I got into being being a doula I just thought wow this is something that I love and I'm passionate about and how can I possibly help or support somebody else can I ask you about the emotional ups and downs then because mostly Jen's glowing with motherhood and (laughs) she's like come and talk to the baby and I, I go down and talk to the baby but on the odd occasion I've walked into the room. Careful with your choice of words here. And Jen's got a certain look in her eyes. (laughs) And she points at her stomach and goes, You did this to me! You did this to me! Look what you've done! And her head starts spinning around. (laughs) Uh, It's it's pregnancy rage, isn't it? I thought it was was quite normal, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what you might have gone through that day. and, And this is it. Everything's so complex about pregnancy and childbirth and there's no rule book no one gives you something and says yeah this is what happens and even if they did that that it's never going to be the same no two women are the same and there is a big problem with it should be this ethereal bloody majestic time <laughs> of and yeah as much as going back to what i said before the passion was there the love the positivity the energy everything that i love was there but that didn't mean every day was amazing i wasn't just skipping around pregnant thinking this is fantastic i'm still like getting you know getting a kick out of bed roll over like a beached whale and you know <laughs> nauseous and Oh, being sick and going off food and someone opening the fridge, shut it! You know, oh, no the smells. smell. Oh, yeah. heightened senses. You know, it's it, it's loads of little digs in the ribs every day as a pregnant woman. So you, your body's going through so much, but really mentally, that's where it's taking place. So yeah, that, that feeling. <laughs> but he's, he's like, oh, bloody hell. You've only just scratched the surface, pet. So, you know, like, good Is luck it- with that. It is. It's a roller coaster. And is it about to get worse for him? I mean, you know, of course, it's going to be ups, peaks, and troughs, isn't it? It really is. It's about riding the waves. And is there, any, is there anything he can do to help? <laughs> a lot. I mean, how? What would be interesting? Run out the room. What about that? No. <laughs> Just no. leave. Um, but what about that day? Would you be able to? pinpoint was it a stressful day had you not had much sleep you know what I think it's the sleep that it boils down to because if I don't get a solid 10 to 12 hours the next day and that's what I have noticed is my my mental health the next day I'm I'm pretty down and uh, it's it's not depression but I would say it's just a really low pessimistic mood snappy yeah, yeah. You're snappy. And of course, there's something bittersweet about this is your body is, you know, these kicks and aches and pains and things that are waking you up, going for a wee all the time, things like this. This is getting you ready for reality, you know, that that baby will be crying for milk every hour, two hours, or maybe it won't. Because again, it's a complex. We've got babies who do 10, 11 hours sleeping all the way through from the moment they're born. 
but the majority of babies are going to be up every hour every two hours and then it's going to get better and our bodies are easing us into that we're not just being dropped with a bomb of oh wow i'm having a wonderful night's sleep every night of pregnancy and then mother nature gives you the baby and then you just that would be terrible wouldn't it well i think sean's quite new to the knowledge that the baby gets up every one two hours he also is quite new to the knowledge that you cannot sleep with the baby in the bed with you so this is this is quite a tricky one because it depends on what way you look at this i mean core sleeping to me is the most easiest way to survive as a parent but we also have to put things into consideration here like you know obviously if you're a drinker even if it's a couple of drinks and you're tipsy you know you're not completely in control um how big is the bed I mean this is massive the first thing I did and the first thing I suggest to all women is please buy whatever that size is it super king super king or queen I can't remember which one's the biggest but that ginormous bed just do it because even if you've got a king size bed just go that extra mile get get the extra the big bed and then you and your partner can sleep peacefully and you can have a baby in no problem about it breastfeeding is the easiest thing to do you're lying down in the comfort of your own bed like that while resting you know sleeping so you're advising coy sleeping yes so if you get a big enough bed would you put the baby say you're on the left-hand side of the bed. Would you put the baby in the middle then to so prevent the baby if, rolling? If Sean is a really deep sleeper and Not untrustworthy, then you'd maybe put... Again, this is something that it's really suited to the individual. You've got to know yourself. You've really got to know yourself. If you're comfortable with it, perfect. If you feel like you're forcing something you don't need to do that you know we've got these wonderful the little sleep with me cots that go right next to the bed pretty much the same thing um but core sleeping i'm a big big believer in you know skin to skin as much oxytocin as possible and the baby's calm you're rested you're you know getting up in the middle of the night to pick a baby up to go and sit in a chair to get your boob out get the right oh my you know, you could just be lying there. That's interesting because they say the skin-to-skin contact prevents depression and all kinds of things later in life, don't they? Yeah, I mean, oh, oxytocin, I mean, from the moment, and that's why we've got cot death, which is such an interesting concept because when, you know, back in the day, as hospital births are starting to go on the rise, Women went from giving birth at home to, you know, we really went forwards with medical, you know, in, in, in a great way. I do love that we've got such good advancements in, in, you know, the medical industry. I think it's amazing. I think midwives and doctors do a brilliant job, but there is a major but and we lose a lot of what, what you know, makes it real, what really matters. And it's as simple as that. It's just going off to the hospital, getting those bright lights, getting that stress, it's just no good. Oxytocin can only happen in a calm, relaxed environment. So even you could be skin to skin in hospital and receive oxytocin, but you compare that to, say, a woman who's in her own home and the levels of it, the difference is astronomical. You're talking about the more rested and relaxed and calm you are, which is usually in 
you know, warm and dull lighting, dim lighting, um, familiar surroundings, familiar people, little disruptions, quiet time. You are going to be calm, relaxed, happy. Baby's going to be calm, relaxed, happy. But also that skin to skin is like magnified. And so then the baby's well rested and calm. And then the knock on effect of that is probably better sleeping, better feeding, you know, just general all round calmer baby. Mm. I wanted to speak to you also about breastfeeding because I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm going to do it, but I'm a bit apprehensive because of the pain. I, I don't I don't know whether I can say this on the podcast. I don't enjoy my nipples particularly being any pain to them. Yes. And I'm really worried um, that he's not going to latch. And you can buy these sort of clear covers you put over them to breastfeed. Are the they shields. any good? So, yeah, this is a big talking point. And I love the name Ziggy, by the way. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous <laughs> name. <laughs> Little Ziggy. So the, the breast shields, there's so many things out there that are helpful. But first and foremost, it's so simple. Like you go back to the very beginning of everything. And this is how I think generally, because I can get, you know, I'm not always the best speaker, actually. I get all muddled up. I've got all these ideas. I can't get them out. And then I just think, whoa, go back to basics. And like you've just said there about the breastfeeding, number one, all you can do is ensure that that latch is the best latch possible. And once you discover what is the best latch, so, you know, you've got different positions, you know, like, for example, if you've got super big boobs, or not always, but it might be comfortable to hold backwards. So the baby's head's here and the baby's almost behind you. Okay, now that's a great, that's a great feeding position because the baby's mouth, it's all about the positioning. When you've got that perfect latch, you need all the nipple in. You don't want to be seeing any nipple. Obviously, if women have larger nipples and that's different. But you want as much a, a gob, a mouthful, <laughs> right? The chin needs to be lifted. We need to see a little double chin. <laughs> okay? Breast in the mouth. and That's what you want. You want the little double chin. Once you've got this perfect latch... You, the amount of pain you're going to get is be decreased because most of the pain is from the, you know, the bad latch. And you can still feed your baby with a bad latch. It's just painful. And it's almost like the nipples are, they then become like helmets. I can't feel a thing with mine now. Not a thing. They're oh like that God. absolute. Because it, they, they get so hard and it, into a strong position to feed the baby, like comfortable for that baby's mouth. It's amazing. And throughout pregnancy, why do your nipples get so dark? Yeah, so that's... It's usually actually midway through the pregnancy. Have you noticed that already? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the changes. Well, you just will. There's so many different ways with the the woman's body. I mean, why does it go... Why does the areola go dark? I actually don't think I can answer that question. But um, To guide the baby to the nipple... I tell you what, that's a brilliant um, <laughs> idea. Have you heard of the breast crawl? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. So they've discovered that the baby, like most mammals, can find their way to the breast even at minutes old. So if you left a baby brand new, who's never been fed before, just been born, on your tummy, the baby will make 
its way up to the breast. How the hell? Well, yes, just because the instinct again, and actually, there's a lot to say that if you do the breast crawl, the latch is um, very just a lot stronger. So the babies that are encouraged to find their way to the breast, their you know their first breastfeeding experience, it's almost like it's so powerful, it's so primal. They found their way, you know. It's incredible. So how far into the pregnancy would you advise someone to hire a doula? I mean, it really does depend. I mean, you know, I've I've had lots of different clients for all different reasons. You know, you've got women who they're just wanting kind of prenatal care. Um, some just want postnatal care. Some want the whole thing. Um, so I couldn't really answer that as such. But definitely, if you've got some little worries, if you've got some little niggles, and you're not feeling, say, too confident from the beginning, you know, go as early as you can, start getting those sessions in, just get used to talking about it, getting excited by it, going down all the different avenues, because, it, I mean, you could go on all day with pregnancy, couldn't you? You really could. Oh, God, yeah. You, yeah. you just, it's never ending. Um, so if you're having those regular conversations, certainly someone with nerves, I would absolutely encourage, if they can afford it, to, to get the earlier the better. Um, but again, every, everyone's different. The, the the doula, the benefit of a doula, um, I think in, in the ideal world, I would love to see that part and parcel of our our NHS rather, you know, I would love to see that, um, you know, you go to the first appointment at the doctor's, you get that, um, you know, the, the test is done and yes, you are pregnant and then you get signed off onto the next bit. Here's your doula. I mean, that's, that to me is just... Shouldn't that be what it's all about? You know, you should have this woman who's assigned you because another part of the problem is we're now in a society where we're so private, you know, we're we're distant from relatives. We're not, you know, amongst it, but we're moving out of cities away from each other. And as beautiful as that can be, and, and, you know, most of us are happy as Larry doing that, we're, we're lacking support that elder female or that experienced female who can offer, be on hand. And it's just simple things. It can just be letting the woman rest. I mean, what a massive thing. We've got this idea of we need to be up and at it. Superwoman, you know, work three plates at the same time. You know, it's <laughs> it's a load of shite. We need to be going back to what truly matters and being at peace. You know, you don't need to go and do your food shop the next day absolutely not you need to be in bed establishing that good latch with your your baby if you if that's what you're wanting to do breastfeed establishing that perfect latch get skin to skin you know just really enjoying those moments those early days but you'll never get back Mm. they are gone like that it's unbelievable jen what's your worries and fears then worries and fears yeah after now presently in your mind presently i think the biggest struggle I've had during pregnancy, I've been quite fortunate where I haven't had any morning sickness, which I'm grateful for, but is the fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether I've handled it right, i.e. taking the right vitamins. I tried certain ones and they just didn't work for my body. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it's just fighting the fatigue some days. Um, there's no way to combat that, is there? There's no secret result for that, is there? I mean, fatigue, yeah, it's completely part and parcel of, of pregnancy. But again, 
you know, how much, what is your expectation on yourself? Are you still trying to clean the house top to bottom? You know, are you still wanting to run errands and go out with your mates? And, you know, are you still trying to, as much as I believe in, you know, going on as normal, whatever that normal may be, you don't want everything to, to halt. You don't need to, you know, I was still doing all sorts all through my pregnancies and I don't encourage women to, oh, you can't lift that and, you know, lift that if you want to lift it, if you're going to lift it properly. Can I give you a story? We were recently <laughs> raving in Holland and these women <laughs> were coming up to Jen and be like, yeah, oh, the baby and all this. And like, and how, you know, how far are you? And this, the one woman's eyes opened wide and she goes, I never left the house. <laughs> I had my baby. How are you doing this? <laughs> but I'm not going to lie, the entire time it, we were standing for a good five hours, standing and dancing. Wow. My ankles just absolutely expanded and what were you calling me? Elephant man or whatever. And the hip pain and the tummy pain you get, I, I I don't know what it is. My mind's battling my body and I'm like, Jane I can do this. Yeah, I'm really struggling. The, mm-hmm. the first three months I was flat out sleepy. Like, I really oh, struggled. Yes. And then, first trimester, oh, you, you're shattered, aren't you? You really are. Awful. That's what's interesting with hormones. You've got the fluctuations. You've got that bit more superwoman in the second one. You're like, yes, I can do it. And then like the third one comes back again, and you're like, oh you are god. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I'm I'm 28 weeks tomorrow, so that goes into the third now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna slump, sleep again. What else can I expect in the third trimester? I mean, what's interesting is your baby at this present moment can survive. That's what yeah. I love. Six months, you know, that that's how well developed the baby is now. Six months along, you know, that the skin's probably quite see-through maybe. and um, But everything's there. Oh. It's formed. It, it just needs to Expand. get fatten up. And but that's amazing, isn't it? Fascinating. He has got ridiculously sized head, hasn't he? He does. Yeah, he takes after him. <laughs> but <laughs> that's not... That's not always a bad thing you know another good um way of looking at things some people can be quite scared with big size big weight or you know they might have partners who are a a good size at birth and so the women are fretting thinking oh god i'm gonna have this ginormous child and you know i'm gonna be split open no 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 your your body is is making that baby perfectly for you and your body you know i believe that of course we'll have the minority where something untoward but actually no we our bodies are clever that they're they're growing a baby that is right for us and if that baby has got a big head circumference that's okay you know i believe in the momentum of the push when that baby's getting down the birth canal it knows what it's doing it's not going to ruin you well it didn't ruin me, Pet. <laughs> I'm smashing. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about that later, after birth? I do have um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but, uh-huh. No, my last scan, though, and I think this is a really important subject to cover, is there was quite a lot of fluid, um, and the, the what is it, sonographer, they call them, oh, yes. said that the baby might have just had a wee, but there also is a risk of pregnancy diabetes. What exactly right. is that? We, we've got to do a test for it coming up in the next week um, or so. So this is a, like a real common thing. 
where people are told, you know, whether whether it's it's true or not, that the diabetes thing, um, if it's, you, you know yourself, you're not diabetic, right? So this is just pregnancy. They're, they're saying you, you could be at risk of having pregnancy diabetes. Um, so, so that's like blood sugar related. But to me, if you if you know what you're eating and you're on top of that, and bearing in mind that me that doesn't mean you can't eat some donuts or or cookies or whatnot because Popsicles. that oh that's my craving is Ice it uh-huh, well yeah get it down your pet it's not to me it's the over safe route the the super the health and safety you know the the oh god preventative measure everything's about stopping something from happening and stopping what from happening from who you know we've got all these women across the world who've got all these different symptoms and all the different ways of feeling pregnant and i just think we need to to let let it be a lot more and if you're feeling right within yourself and your bumping baby is is everything's as it should be if it's measuring on the large side I don't know what how are they saying that this is large for what compared to what to 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 just general babies or I think you know to, like for its due date that that data is a little mm. bit it's like when I gave birth in Thailand they were saying oh madame your baby too big too big sorry you I could... said well too big for you <laughs> oh sorry I want to ask you that like, you gave birth in Thailand yeah so we, my middle son was born in Thailand yeah. That was a that was a right experience, but um, you haven't listened the, to Sam Sol's podcast, have you? <laughs> no, not yet. yeah, but that that again falls in with their idea of a of a baby was going off a five six pound Thai baby, you know. So mm. even even my babies that are nine ten pounds, which are considered big, th- there's nothing abnormal about that, you know. Even an eleven pound baby, which sounds crazy. It can have an absolute, perfectly natural, lovely delivery with very little tear or grazing. And then that's another thing. The Whatever you, you go through in childbirth, if you just take it, and pregnancy, if you just take it in the present moment, that is only, that is all you can do because you are thinking present now. If you're thinking, oh, I'm gonna, this is gonna happen and that's gonna happen, and oh, and you, you, you're losing sight of now, you're looking too far ahead, and that's where the problems arise. You almost, it's um, like a build-up of of emotion and tension and feeling. And as we know, with with childbirth, the more relaxed you are, the more open your muscles are, the more open you are, the the birth canal, everything, your uterus, the contractions, everything is relaxed. If you are tense and stressed and worried and thinking about a big baby or thinking about this and thinking about that, that, that's only going to be detrimental. And that's why I've been hearing uh, different people advise me about hypnobirthing. Yes. I mean, how useful is that? So I think it's just brilliant. I think there's so many women who will say, um, wow, that totally transformed my whole um, entire pregnancy. You know, you've got different, you've got meditation and say breath work, that's a, a big thing. Just simply being in tune with rhythm of your own breath does wonders. Getting more oxygen in the blood. I mean, who who would have thought? I, I didn't know this till recent years that just breathing properly was going to give me more oxygen. Because, well, <laughs> 
everyone, everyone's in a Russian. <laughs> and you've, <laughs> if you don't realise that you're not even breathing from your belly. It's all here. <laughs> so um, breath work and to be in that calm, relaxed state, meditation and hypnobirthing usually incorporates the whole thing. Um, and you can get some amazing teachers out there and do a little two, three day course, the the pair of you together. I mean, oh, oh he's kicking that. Sicky kicking. Sicky wants hypnobirthing. He's letting Sign. you know, yeah. <laughs> Get it booked. <laughs> and that's the other thing you were saying about breath work, like the, the constant shortness of breath I'm getting. Mm-hmm. A little, I'm, I'm, I used to be really active, but walking up the stairs, or there's a hill outside here, I walked up that earlier and I noticed when I got to the front door here, gone, I'm really out of breath. Yeah. I, I, is that quite normal? Oh God, yeah. I mean, you think what your body's doing now. Well, you know, all that extra nutrients go to baby and everything you're eating and drinking and, you know, every movement, every fibre of your being is growing something else. It's just another level of, we can't even really fully comprehend it. Even when you're reading all the books and you're, you're doing all the right stuff and it's still, you never get away from the fact that it is absolutely amazing Growing and mind-boggling yeah. and we can't, we can't fully co- comprehend it and your body is doing something incredible. So getting out of breath is just, yeah, that's small. I, I was out of breath, Pet. And I, <laughs> I, 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 I honestly, I thought, like that hill. So God only knows how you felt. No. How um, heavy were you as the baby, Jen? I, oh God, right. So my mum said I ruined her figure. So I was 10 pounds 11. Ooh. I know. What I, a week, <laughs> yes. She said I practically walked out. But I, my sister, I've got an older sister and younger brother. They're both around between sort of seven, nine mark. And I, the middle child, just came out, yeah. Wow. I was only a week late as well. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's another thing. I mean, how do you I, feel about, how have you been feeling with the idea of the 40-week mark or... Um, oh, God. Like... What, it coming or? Like, do you feel like, do you put a lot of emphasis on, on the numbers, on no. how much long? Brilliant. I think he's going to come early. I don't know why. No, he's, he's due the 26th of August. <laughs> no, I'm hope, I'm not hoping. I'm, I'm obviously wanting to come out when he's ready. But and I'm, You've I, got I, a feeling. And yeah. You, yeah, you've just got a, a feeling. a couple of weeks early, so that's why I'm telling Sean to prepare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but up to forty-two weeks, you know, forty-two weeks is an absolute ample. It's just when baby's ready, and it's as simple as when their lungs have done the final stage of development. The pass on signals to us as soon as some kind of fluid or something has completely fully developed in the lungs, they pass on a signal to us, and then we go into labour. What's so the first absolute. signal? So. <laughs> the, the baby, quite just, the baby <laughs> knows and then you will get it could be anything you could your waters could go you could l- lose part of your plug um, you could get contractions in fact you could not lose waters and you might not lose any of your plug and you could just go straight into you know active labour but prior to that you will see the telltale signs the nesting you know the um, what's nesting just getting things ready and you know when I'm like, a little bit over around the, the flat yeah and I made us I made you buy all those plastic tubs so you could look organize stuff and put it away yeah. out of the way. 
yes. Like, that's nesting. And I kept saying to you, I'm doing something that I'm meant to be doing, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's chaos. It's like living with chaos. And I had this urge, like, everything has to go away, out the way, ready mm-hmm. for the baby. So oh, is there any other things I'll expect nesting? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll... Kicking Sean out. So that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> get this shit tidied up. <laughs> I want to get things out of the way for the baby. Why didn't you say that to me? <laughs> you thought I was getting mad. <laughs> I think I know how this is going to go. Yeah. And it, it, it really is. It's we, we get... Well, we've, you know, we're very erratic anyway because we're so hormonal. We've got a cycle and we've got PMS and we, we get hit with the, the childbirth and, and all that. Then we've got menopause. So we are very complex as humans, as women. And our moods are, wow, like very erratic. So as you can imagine, pregnancy is only going to bring that out even more. But I think... A, the perfect way of of supporting that is just almost riding the way for both you know because it can be easy to feel defensive for the partner's point of view oh god like what have I done wrong now and oh I feel useless I'm I'm in the way but actually it's got nothing to do with that is your, your projection and your feeling momentarily will come across to the partner that you know you're you're getting sick of this and you don't care or they're useless, whatever. But it's all part and parcel of it, isn't it? It really is just the natural flow of things to to be that way. That's and we're tr- very finicky. That's so true because when you get occasionally mad at me <laughs> and I stay calm, it's almost like you're looking at me wondering why I'm staying calm, like you want me to like react. I want you to feel it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm telling myself what you just said. She's projecting how she's feeling right now. I've not really done anything wrong. Yes. And I'm I'm telling myself that, and that helps me stay calm. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at me like, why aren't you reacting to me? Yeah. You screamed at me at once. Why don't you get mad at me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you kind of you it's just kind of do right from wrong, no, and no. that's with the irrational pregnant brain. You're continuously gonna you know, amongst all the joy and the loveliness, we'll find the, the moments of madness and picking faults and feeling frustrated and, oh, my goodness, and, you know, even why have I done this kind of thing? That's actually okay. It's the same way it's okay to feel the blues on day two or three when your hormones take that real hit, when your colostrum's coming in, the the liquid gold part, before your breast milk fully comes in, um, you're taking... A proper hit with hormones, especially. I think it's when the placenta comes out. Um, oh. the that that needs all the the prostaglandins, and that really robs us women of the hormone we need to be, you know, uplifted and to to feel on top of the world. It, it takes a hit, so we can feel tired and fatigued, and oh god, you know, almost like at, at moments you might think, will this get better? And that's an awful thing to say out loud, but it's so normal. It's so normal. So and it passes like that. Day four, you're like, woo! <laughs> like, I was going to ask, was that, would that be the main cause of postnatal depression? Then perhaps your placenta coming out and your hormones getting confused. So I think postnatal depression, you've got the baby blues, which is obviously natural. Your hormones have took, just like the 
the natural way that you're going through birth, you know, the natural flow of it, um, it all makes sense. There's a reason. Your body's it's doing it for a good reason. Um, so even all the nutrients going to your baby, your hair falls out. That's a, the, there's a reason for that. Your hair's not falling out just because, oh, there you go, I'm, I'm just letting you suffer. It's babies taking all the goodness and I'll happily lose my hair for me for me baby get all the goodness so it's about the mindset and what way you look at things so rather than think oh god why am I feeling so crap I should be overjoyed this should be the best time of my life you ride that wave this is okay I feel like shit right now tomorrow's a new day and tomorrow might not be a new day right I feel like shit hopefully tomorrow's a new day and usually it will go it'll pass and if it doesn't then you have got the a portion of women um, who will go into full-blown um, postnatal depression, which can also lead to psychosis, which is quite rare. But it's, you know, it's 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 a, a growing phenomenon, really. And I think that is all down to the lack of support. The, as society, the structure of society is changing and the less support we're getting and the less in tune, the more we're putting all of our trusted medical professionals before ourselves, we're losing that connection, innate primal connection. And so things are becoming fractured, you know. But I don't see that as, oh, there's no turning back. No, all it takes is, you know, me to go through what I've gone through and pass that on to my children. And you, you to go through what you go through and pass that on to your children. And, and then you, you, the dots connect again, you know, the lights come back on. So it's it's just that, that positive, optimistic way of thinking as a whole, you know, that, 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 that I, I always focus on that. You spoke, you've spoken quite a bit throughout this podcast so far that about nutrition. Now, I've had a lot of guilt around food because... Most of my cravings are sugary, yeah, shit that you shouldn't put in your body. How am I doing my baby any harm by putting like fizzy drinks, um, sugary, you mentioned donuts, I've been like hammering them, <laughs> um, cereal bars. Mm-hmm. And I, my craving was at the start really healthy, wasn't it? Lemons and kiwis. And now it's can I just... A, can I give a kiwi story? Right. We would go to the shops and she'd get bags of lemons and kiwis. And Jen keeps the house like, everyone's got to be really clean. OCD. During the kiwi phase, that became a monster. She was just slaughtering these kiwis on the countertops. And like weeks later, there was just all these kiwi peels encrusted on the kitchen floor where she was just like with the big elephant feet. Stomping over to the trash can, stomping over to the trash can, throwing the kiwi remains into the trash can, but dropping half of them, just stomping onto the kitchen. Well, yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't control myself. I, I had to have it, and I was trying to explain, also trying to explain to Sean about cravings. I think I mentioned it the other day about if I need it, I feel like I really need it. Yeah. Yes, no, yes. I've never had that sort of craving in my life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, before becoming pregnant, I'm. If I don't satisfy my craving, it's all I can think about. Yes, like, you're, you're fixated on it. Mm. Absolutely, and yeah, that that is that is such a common thing, the norm. It really is. Um, and going back to what you were saying about the food, um, it's great that you started off more healthy. I mean, look <laughs> at that as a good thing. Yes. And the most important part, the first trimester. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think again, if if 
if you were having numerous, several fizzy drinks a day, you know, I'd be a bit like, well, maybe we need to think of what alternatives you can do or how would you cut this down? If you were my client and I was your doula and you were saying, oh, look, I'm, I'm drinking a fizzy drink every day and I'm snacking on, as I'm quite lenient in, in the sense that I think we should just do what makes us happy. Okay, so what makes you, if you in that moment, you want to go and have a Mars bar, go and have the Mars bar. But how often are you having that Mars bar? And what else have you been doing, you know, to, to kind of counteract it? Because you've got the yin and yang nature of everything. You need balance. To get harmony, you need balance, don't you? So good health requires a bit of everything. You need the nutrition, you need good sleep, you need physical exercise, you know, you need to limit chemicals and toxic as much as you can so as long as you're trying to get that circle as balanced as possible that's all that really matters but yeah we'd definitely go steady on on fizzy drinks um is just that because, due to the caffeine in them not so much that it's more like the that the process not the process the um the, the sugars it's Artificial, not even it would be yeah. better if it was just white sugar put in but we're not we haven't got that now it's it's as part of me and um you know sweeteners it all does more like neurological damage and stuff like that to, to you if you were to do it you know not not in like a big scary way if you were say drinking I don't know fill in the blank number five fizzy drinks a day every day I mean gosh I would I would be nervous I would be I would be nervous um but I also know wow I used to love an iron brew oh, all I could think oh, I about. I right now. You've got me thinking about Ambrose. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Water. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's it's going back to being in control of your own self, being at ease, at peace with your decisions, really thinking them through. When you are being irrational and you've 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 ate three donuts from the pack and you're feeling crap all right, let it pass. And then you'll, you'll just find yourself coming to a, a better place if you're being mindful about it. The next time you've got the bag of donuts, hang on a minute. I ate three last time and I felt like shit. I'll have the one. Sean, where are you? You know what I mean? <laughs> Quickly, take them off us. Whatever you need to do. Because there's quite a lot of stigma surrounding putting... I've, I've been Googling it, probably wrongfully, about around how much weight you should put on during pregnancy. Right. And I think it's really dangerous that women should actually... There's a calculator available online oh. that you calculate how much weight you should be putting on. I think, yeah, that's yeah. absolutely... They should somehow get rid of that. But, um, yeah. But it's still... You are still drawn to it. And we're all naturally... Because we've got this little thing that just gives us all the answers, it, It's that's what's detrimental about about media in in the phones and we're not no longer reaching for a book or going to your to your mom you're going to google and google's going to give you all sorts of answers rubbish the 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 best thing you can do as a pregnant woman is go back to that little circle of harmony and balance and what are you doing what can you improve on it doesn't matter if today was a bad day tomorrow you can do better and across that week, how many bad days did you have and how many good days did you have? So for the following week, how can you do better than that week? It's like you're going out a bit more and a bit more from how are you in that hour to, you know, those 24 hours to the whole week. To the, You just need to be mindful and, and do the best you can to make the best decisions. And when you don't, don't beat yourself up. 
you just make the next one a good decision. You know, it really is that simple. And as for weight gain, I mean, gosh, if you've everyone, got a big my, baby, my mentality is everyone's going to gain different yeah, uh, weight at different times. And I also found I started looking and comparing bump sizes. Oh, right. Yeah. And I've stopped myself and gone, everyone's different. And there's quite a lot of body positive women out there, mm-hmm. pregnancy body positive women who are saying that not every bump's going to be the same size you can't compare it because there's women who uh about nine months pregnant they look about as I did when I was five yeah yeah um you know and the other scale of it there's women who are five months pregnant who look about nine you you can't go around doing that but it's so dangerous especially with social media mm-hmm. like how readily mm-hmm. available it is to compare yourself during pregnancy with your weight gain and your bump size and absolutely it's completely irrelevant you need to focus on every woman should just focus on their path their journey and limit as much time as possible on social media because every second that you are scrolling and getting that fake dopamine hit, right? It's only going to leave you in that slump where you just feel completely, like, detached. Because you are, you're detaching yourself from reality because you're delving into a false sense of... There's a world there that exists that is strange, isn't it? It's so strange. I mean, Sean, you you must know this more than anyone. You've got this following and an online world where you're Sean Atwood, but they don't know anything about Sean at home and you guys and what you're getting up to but you can delve into another world so I think if women are on a, a journey as important as pregnancy and if they're spending too much time maybe um you know comparing or not that you are and I'm, I'm absolutely I can tell because you're radiating so much positivity and you look amazing and actually you're sat here now <laughs> and you, you wouldn't even God look pregnant <laughs> baggy dress but yeah, I feel really, do you know what, I thought, I was really nervous that I would get quite negative during pregnancy. I'm, I'm really happy that I've stayed on quite a high, not obviously all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yes, yes. But yeah, I'd probably say 80% of the time. I think, I don't know whether it is having a boy, that's what I wanted to ask actually, is does having a boy make it different on your hormones because with a girl you've got twice the hormones that's what someone you, said you'd think me. wouldn't you but the more estrogen circulating you know what? Mm. I, that's a really interesting one because i've not read anything about that and i'm sure there will be some study somewhere because there always is isn't there probably from scandinavia love them um <laughs> but no not that i know of but i do know that they're bloody easier jesus yeah. Honestly, oh. I was sure what I was like before I was pregnant. I was a nightmare. This baby has chilled me out. I'm, I'm zen. Jen's face has completely changed. She's gone <laughs> totally relaxed. Her skin just glows. Her eyes have gone peaceful. Oh. What did they look like before? Crazy. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah. That's gorgeous. And um, just like at ease with yourself. You didn't look at ease with yourself. No. What about before? Have you had like a, a career or a busy job, stressful life or anything before this pregnancy? I was erratic before this pregnancy. I, I was constant overthinker. I could never sit still. I really struggled. Like even watching TV for longer periods of time, I'd have to pause it and do something in between. I, I've never... I, I think 
it's just, yeah, all that constant urge to always do something. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't fulfill my day, I'd get really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, it was ever since I got pregnant, pretty much straight away, it chilled me out where I'm able to relax. Oh, that's lovely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So you enjoy being productive and you, you enjoy being busy, but you've not, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like you've um, put that pressure on yourself to carry on being so productive. No. And if you are taking time out and enjoying you know, things you, you can't normally just chill in and sitting down even just longer than usual. You know, it doesn't need to be sat on your ass watching TV all day long. But just taking those little times, those moments of, yeah, I'm just going to read my book or put my feet up or have a, have a nap. I mean, wow, naps. Oh, they're great. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> if you're a very busy, productive person, I can only assume that a nap was out of the question. And to nap as a in your pregnancy or when, you know, a baby does arrive and little Ziggy, he's having his little his little snooze, have that snooze with him, you know. Don't worry about the dishes. <laughs> Don't worry about all those nonsensical like who cares about really how the house looks. In the end it's really about how much energy have you got mm. and how how happy and content are you and baby. And simple things like taking a nap, wow do it <laughs> Jen was running the clothing company which was a lot of work but now she's wound that down and she's just doing dogs occasional dog sitting I sort of took up like Brilliant. to keep me active dog walking because I love dogs and we can't oh, have them where it. we are so yeah what a brilliant idea all that all you know walking being around animals fantastic I love it I, I love I really do love animals and I think as well if you're like that, then your son will be like that. And if you're mm-hmm. one of those that's always wanting to stroke animals, there, there's something a little bit, I don't know, um, worrying for me when when I see children, you know, so frightened with, by an animal. or Definitely, by dogs. And I've seen that before. But, but, you know, with taking care, you don't want them just going in face first into a dog. <laughs> Again, it's, you, you've got to... It's, finding that that middle ground isn't it you know my my children can be quick to and I've got to remind them you know not all dogs are, are going to be friendly. friendly you've got to yeah. check in and ask if, if it's all right but um just the to love nature to go out for a walk and you might have a dog or you, you see a squirrel up a tree and you run over and you want you, you, this is all free this this feeling of enjoying something so simple and it goes back to the root of whatever it is, the root is always just nature, whether it's in your body or what makes you happy, like the sun. Everyone's in a good mood when it's sunny. As soon as as soon as there's grey skies, everyone's mood's in a slump. Everything's bright and, you know, nature, nature brings beautiful things. It really does. I'm going to be trying out a um, baby pillow soon. Is there a certain side that I should sleep on? Because I keep reading online that you should sleep on, I think it is the left side. Yes, yes, that's right. On your left side. That side. I keep sleeping on my right. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but if you can get comfortable on your left, it'll be best. Your heart's on the left side, isn't it? So I think it helps with circulation. Um, But your side in general is the best. Being on your back's not great. No, I can't stand it. He does move a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot more when I'm on my and back. And you, you want your bum to be supported as well, don't you? If you if you're on your back, I mean that it gives you back ache and pain. So I don't think many women can do that. Um, so yeah, great that you're on your your right side. But if you can get yourself 
train yourself to go to the left that'll be better i'll start that tonight mm-hmm. um <laughs> right my next question is the pregnancy glow just sweat no i think the pregnancy glow is a proper there's a there's a biological um um explanation for that your body everything becomes plumper doesn't it so we see vitality as actually plump you know like a, a a plumpness you know which has got nothing to do with bloody fat or anything people go oh plump what you're saying i'm chubby or whatnot no like a nice like a a glow there's a there's a sheen you know your skin goes great doesn't it you, you tend to get very little spots and you've got a sheen you've got a glow you're plump you know that you're putting this lovely weight on you're growing your baby so yeah the, the pregnancy glow it's a thing it's a absolutely it's not just sweat then that's good <laughs> right the next thing is there anything i can do i keep getting really bad hip cramps particularly on my left hand side and leg cramps almost like restless leg syndrome especially in the oh, evenings yeah you just feel like you want to constantly oh, shake and it i'm out just and... like yeah circulating yeah circulating my well yeah and... exercise certainly but if have you got yourself a birthing ball exercise ball no oh that's, wow that's to the amazon list. oh you need to you need to because that i mean you could be doing that right now you could be rotating your hips on that pregnancy ball and they say rotate to dilate and <laughs> um, you could be on that ball you could be bouncing up and down and it's just getting movement flexibility just keeping you moving if you think how else are you going to do something like that with your hips it, it's difficult you can do you can walk and you, you know you could do gentle cycling you could swimming's brilliant um if you're doing exercise of some sort brilliant but otherwise birth ball telly on movie and just constantly be bouncing about rotating your hips getting them open it's brilliant yesterday we were driving and jen was like oh. pull over pull over and i pulled over and she jumps out and she's like right grab my bum at the top right here just keep yeah, grabbing it keep no, grabbing um, it <laughs> oh, <laughs> right in the spasm? dimples <laughs> it's it really hurts in the proper dimples and we're in the middle of a busy like petrol station <laughs> and i'm like can you just like like need it in there yeah you just wanted to, to get yeah. rid of me around here it's like god what's going on yeah i mean acupuncture massage if you can get yourself to an acupuncturist get someone run the house every week get that pregnancy massage nothing is better than touch simple touch you know we know what touch does what massage does um for injuries for example so why and now i'm comparing a pregnant woman to an injury but no um massage for pregnancy is incredible absolutely getting rid of aches pains knots getting your circulation going win-win acupuncture incredible so you can't be putting things in place to keep yourself more supple and flexible and um you know keep your circulation and just for your mental health as well feeling good about yourself you know the, the better you feel the more prepared you are for labour, you you know, it doesn't get better than that, does it? No. And I wanted to also ask about a checklist, right? What is the essentials I need before he comes along? Because there's so much to buy and there's so many different lists online and I, I don't want to like 
clog the flat up with unnecessary stuff mm-hmm. that isn't mm-hmm. going to get used that you you know give end up giving away or whatever like what is the absolute essentials obviously i know like nappies and bottles mm-hmm. and muslin squares and wet wipes and i've got his bath but uh, baby bath and changing stuff but what what else would you need really <laughs> so what important things I'm trying to think, what do I find? We, I'll tell you what, one of the things that I love, um, the breast milk shells. Now, if you are breastfeeding, what what you'll find is you'll always have a letdown. So the letdown is that it's like a pulsating of milk. And usually when the baby's, you know, just kind of coming out of sleep, you'll be like, oh my God, bring the baby to me. It's just be like that. You're going to get it in the face, Sean. <laughs> I tell you what, it goes everywhere. And whoever's sitting there, there and there, it just goes everywhere. <laughs> so you have these letdowns, these powerful letdowns. And if the baby's feeding on one boob, this is just going crazy. So people usually put the pads in. But what a shame, that's perfectly good milk. Breast shell brilliant they're only about 10 pound off amazon and it's just a a little rubber thing that goes into your nursing bra and the milk just drops into it so then when it stops but you know you'll feel it you pull that out and there's about two ounces of milk (laughs) that could have been soaked up and bloody chucked away so breast milk shells i love them love them brilliant because it's then you don't need to worry too much about if you're wanting to pump and you're wanting to have a supply, you know, if dad's wanting to get involved and he wants to feed baby, you know, this is an easy way of getting the, putting into the breast milk bags. You can even put AMP in, you know, if you wanted to, because it, it does change. You're going to have different amount of fat and protein and carbs in, in milk if it's in the morning or if it's at night. It's tailor-made, you know, as the day goes on, that milk is changing. I did And know. if that milk... Oh, it'll go bright green and everything, man, if you're eating spinach. But I love it. So if um, baby's poorly, the saliva, they've got a backwash on onto the breast. So that will go back into your system Your and your milk will change with the right antibodies to, um, you know, counteract. Wow. So th- that if That's your baby's poorly, there's a backwash situation where... As they're drinking your milk, it goes back into you, and you then create this magical milk. <laughs> How amazing is that? that? Is it safe for Sean to drink my breast milk? <laughs> oh yes, get it in, get it down, you man. I think he wants to try it. There was also what was it? The placenta. <sighs> yes. Can he? Uh, right, you can get it made. You want him to eat it? Yeah. See, I'm me. I'm a vegetarian. Like you can get it made into little <laughs> capsules, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Like how how good is it for? So the placenta. I mean, I love the placenta. Okay, so this is pretty much the only organ because it's an organ, an organ we have that has such a important role, um, but then it becomes obsolete. It's just you know we we get rid of it. So it's it's really interesting because. 
it's a filter system. It's, you know, nourishing your child. It's taking toxic waste away. This placenta, which we just go, is the thing that's keeping baby alive, sustaining baby in the womb. It's absolutely amazing. So whenever that's, I'm like, wow, look at this, look at this, and trying to get women to really look at it. Look, look at it. Wow. They're all so different, and they look like the tree of life. They've got veins and vessels, and oh, it's amazing. Um, and I have en- encapsulated so many myself, and I love the process. I love it. What is the process? So I, I will take the placenta off. Basically, it goes through a, 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 a very long process, and it's... Um, <laughs> Oh, still, people still just, it sounds like you're a mad witch or something who's taken off with. It's, um, (laughs) it just starts off as the placenta and ends as pills. And it's very, it's, um, it's so dark brown slash grey. And when you put it into the little capsules, you look at it and think, bloody hell, what? what on earth has happened there? How have I managed to do that? It's just absolutely incredible. But the benefits are there. You can you can go and find that we're getting more studies being done on how it's combating those postnatal blues. And, you know, people are feeling more energy, um, you know, less fatigue, um, you know, hopefully less depression as time goes on. And um, all we need to do is look at animals, cats. They eat it straight away. They do. So they'll go off, find their little dog spot, have their babies, give birth, do everything right. They're not in hospital in bright lights, bloody, with 10 different members of staff going in. Oh, you're right there. How are you doing? I mean, <laughs> giving birth to a baby here. Yeah? Do you know what I mean? Um, they haven't got all that distraction and the, the bright... I mean, this light, can you imagine giving birth under that? That's oh, not normal, awful. is it? That's I not natural. I the best of time. So if you are going to have a hospital birth, you can have a birth plan. You can say, prior to getting there, Sean could, your, your mum could, whoever, you can say, I do not want those lights on. That's because handy. those lights are proven to slow down your labour. Hey. Okay, so they, you, you will come to a stagnant point where things, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not going to progress. Of course, it can. St- it's, it's not a big deal, but it's all these little factors that that women should be considering bright bright hospital lights are not what we are supposed to be you know that that isn't the the fairy tale for the woman we need to be in almost dark dim places you know quiet not loads of noise doors in and out you should never question never question sean a pregnant birthing woman just let them be you know, let them be. I've always fancied a water birth. What are the benefits of that? Oh, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So if you're thinking about that, go go to the hills. Honestly, just just run with it. Get that bathing pool. Um, you can hire them out, but just buy one. Have it set up. You know, fill it up. Get used to how long it takes to fill up and sit in it, enjoy it. When If you wanted to have... Well, I'm I'm talking along the lines of a, a home birth because I do love a home a home water birth. But they have got beautiful facilities at the hospitals. They've got lovely um, birthing rooms, and you know it is all dim, and they're using aromatherapy, and the oils are going, and mm. it's it's just so pretty. Just water as well, getting into water in dim lighting 
with essential oils it doesn't get better it really doesn't that is such a beautiful way to and I love the idea of a home birth but I think I'd be too nervous in case something went wrong no, is it? Is there any way? I mean, did the midwife come to you? Oh, And if yeah. there's a problem, you then have to go in. So I think, um, you know, a home birth, you get two midwives assigned to a home birth. So actually, you do get more one-to-one at a home birth because you've got two midwives who leave the hospital who are part of the home, home birth team and they come to your home. Oh, wow. So I love that. Um, but again, it, it, it's that. If, it, maybe if you are, you know, exploring things more and reading and, and it started feeling more your thing. But again, you just do what's comfortable. You'd be super surprised at how, just how relaxing it really is. And two midwives coming out to you, I mean, that that's brilliant. You've got so much help and knowledge and support on hand there in the comfort of your own home it's beautiful okay one of my next questions is we like we mentioned earlier we went um to a all-day music festival in amsterdam how good is music for baby in the womb oh well i love gabby and matty so he is just incredible i mean when I was pregnant, that was when I first heard and well listened to podcasts and he's wrote so many amazing books and he's talking about how, you know, we really do overlook the simple act of the baby hearing voices and music and being sung to and we're really going into now the spiritual primal side of humans and, you know, it might seem daft, you could be reading a book to your bump and you think someone could say well what's the point in that the baby hasn't got a clue but no if, if you are reading that book to your baby that is a connection and that that's something that is profound and you can't put it into words you know and music's a very similar thing it's 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 an art form as well isn't it whatever you might love or you and your partner you might have a playlist and or you know just a band that you love and you guys don't realize it but you are radiating energy together listening to it you know you're getting your shivers and your goosebumps and you're getting excited or you know overwhelmed and your baby is part of that in the womb because you're passing on it's it's vibration and frequency it's just a knock-on effect so he's going to come out loving electro house (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) sicky Sicky's going to come out fist pumping. <laughs> <laughs> so during the birth, is there anything he could be doing to make my experience wonderful? Yes. Not sure. And there's a lot you can be doing. <laughs> right, let's hear this. Number one is probably be quiet. <laughs> um, just being supportive can just be being there and having good, strong eye contact if she needs it, being calm. You know, in choice of language as well, when contractions are getting, you know, stronger and stronger, we can just say things like, that was a strong one, we're getting closer. It doesn't need to be, it's all right, it's nearly the end, and, you, you know, getting all up the height. This is okay. Like, wow, you, you've just got through that. That was a strong one. We're even closer. We're getting closer to meeting Ziggy. You know, you can be being aware of 
the language and the, how you're going to communicate, given space, um, just being ready to be like an elastic band. I want the window open. I want a shut. I want it. You know, I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm this. And, you know, you're going to be having all these requests probably. So you, you just need to be on hand for that. Um, and also being the, the middleman because you don't really want to be disruptive. When you find your zen and you're in that, oh, right, this is it, it's happening, I'm starting. You don't want to be, the, the bubble does not need to be popped. Like So you can be the guy that can stop that. So you're talking to all the midwives and the doctors and whoever might want to come in and, and chat. You know, you might have someone coming in and saying, does she want to have a, a student midwife? You know, he, do you give permission? And it's like, does he think? bloody piss off you know she's laboring for god's sake and you go and ask her that question <laughs> so sometimes a big helpful thing is you dealing with all the stuff mundane stuff that shouldn't be coming to her you know so i think that's helpful rubbing back rubbing lots of back rubbing especially the lower the lumbar part of the back you know just lovely soft you that know yeah massage is always going to be helpful or maybe not you you might find that you don't want that at all sure you does. might hate it <laughs> five times a night <laughs> and then in labor she might be absolutely kicking off don't touch us you don't know what's going to happen that's a good question actually i, I don't know where i got this one from but is it safe to have during pregnancy oh absolutely like, a real big absolutely it's you know the whole reason you've even got to this place is through that beautiful act of love and I think to carry that on is a, a healthy thing a lot of people do say it brings on labor when you say getting overdue and a bit insistent but I just think we'll never know we'll never truly know that that kind of thing but what you can do is just do things that make you happy and if that makes you happy even if you feel a little, oh God, I've got a massive bump and not, my ankles are fat, God, I look like shit. But you know you're going to feel great after it. So you it's, said it, it might not bring on labour. What about the myths of curries? And what is it they tell you to do to bring on labour? Curries. Pineapple's one, isn't it? Pineapple. Pineapple. Pineapple, curries. Um, Long walk. Activity. There's a big long list and I think a lot of them are cultural things as well, like the, lots of different people from different countries and cultures will say different things. But in the end, baby comes when baby wants. Um, certainly when you go into labour, there's some amazing things you can do, like clary sage using um, essential oil to regulate your contractions. That's incredible. So that's proven. So something like once it started, you can then you know, do things to really help yourself along. What's it called? Clar Clary, Clary Sage. Sage. Clary Sage. I've actually right. brought some with this to give thank to you. you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, it smells incredible. Very floral. Um, and to be honest, the best thing I can ever say is, say, I was just going to say, if you want, well, look at this gorgeous picture in this room. Say you're given birth, right? You're, you're in labour. And if you can find yourself at a point of focus it could be a picture it could it could be a photo you know something on the wall and you you're focused on it you could be on the birthing ball at the same time you're comfortable you're, you're in the middle of it all you know contractions come in you're apprehensive you're nervous but you're in you're in fight mode you, you know what's going you, you the journey's near you know you, it's coming to an end 
the clary sage you could be rubbing that on you you could get into a system of you know doing something over and over again and therefore you know, helping the breathing mantras you know because my sister did something that she sent you didn't she that meditation thing what was it yeah. a mantra it's, yeah, hypnobirthing. That's oh, what hypnobirthing okay. is. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, seeing the same thing, like a, 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 a real positive thing to yourself, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, she listened to it during her yeah. sleep, this mantra. Up until the birth. And so. she went into a trance when she was giving birth twice. She said it was just... A wonderful um, experience, birth. Absolutely. So um, again, that's what worked for her. It could work for you, it could not. And if you, if you be um, creative in the beginnings of your your labour because you know on, on on average say it's 16 hours for the first labour that doesn't mean that's 16 hours of pushing it could be from the first part which is just oh what was that you know like a little niggle and something starting a bit of back pain or you know you lose the mucus plug or whatever whatever that first sign is till the baby's born you know you, you, that's it that's the journey you're on so from that point you can then start being creative what, what works for you, what movement, lots of walking, keeping active, keep your mind busy, because we always want everything now, we want it now, <gasps> the baby, right, we're in the hospital, let's go now, and you might be disheartened when you're sent away, oh no, you, you're not there, yeah, yeah you've yeah. got, you might have back pain, and you might think something's starting, which it is, but it's not enough, and they, they'll just say, no, no, you have to go back, and that can put a spanner in the works, because you're thinking then, but I can feel it, you know, I can feel, I feel different. You've just got to find what works for you. Keep busy, be creative, do different things, you know, cook, cook and watch something, go in a bath, go back out for a walk, have a system of rotation, you know, keeping busy of doing peaceful, productive things. And is there anything I should be mindful of? Um, when I take him back from the hospital I was like for me cleanliness for the first few weeks till his immune system builds up is there any advice surrounding that so I would really delay the bath for as long as possible okay I just think when your baby is born they're born into this world which is basically full of germs even if I mean, the worst side of it is if your house is super clean, then there's no germs at all. But they are in this safe place in your womb and then they come into a world which is so alien, basically. That, that, that is, they're, they're coming out and thinking, what the hell? And they've got to adapt. But by keeping all that biome, natural you know, bacteria on them, that can only be a good thing. And I think to wash it and wash it off straight away and wipe them... I think I, I think that that does more harm than good. I think we need to keep the baby exactly as the baby is, especially you know the vernix that the, they can be covered in. No. The thick there's a thick greasy and some some babies have none, um, and it's just it basically protects the skin from the what's inside the sac the fluid, so they have this thick greasy vernix. Um, and it's usually white. You'll know it when a baby's born and you see it's white. But the the midwives will always wipe it straight away. And I'm like, no, keep the good the good bacteria on them. You know, I think it's a good. I think it it should be left. I think they they should just be left. They're lovely and clean. They smell beautiful, and you know, skin to skin, leave it be. 
don't disrupt any natural process. That's what I think. So how long should I wait before I bathe him? I think ideally a good... You couldn't really put a number on it, but I, I would say a good four or five days is lovely. A good four or five days. You'd be surprised, you know, that, that, that they're not going anywhere. You know, they're not walking out and getting scruffy in the backyard yet, are they? They're just literally with you on your chest or in a you know with somebody else that everyone else is holding them and that's it they don't go anywhere so that that they're clean as clean can be anyway what, what was... about the temperature of the water because jen's baths i get in them and i have to jump right out <laughs> they're <hot>. not <laughs> that hot he likes a real mediocre not even lukewarm bath oh, it's no. freezing and i like mine at a half decent Lovely temperature hopper. yeah again just you, you feel it with your fingers don't you you, you can get thermometers you can another thing if a baby has a, a temperature and you go and check, oh, oh my God, you know, it's 39.8 and, you know, now you go on Google, take them to A&E. I mean, I, I just don't know where do, you, where do you start and where do you end with this? Because the temperature is a really good sign of a body fighting something, you know? If you touch them and they're hot to touch, all right, then I'm going to keep an eye on them. They're going to be a bit whingy, crying. That's why breast milk is brilliant you, you see so much less sickness in babies and um, because they're getting everything that they need everything um so you, you've if you've got your baby on the breast and and you, they're just feeding through their their temperature you know within a, a few hours it's you're going to see it lift if you if you're going to medicate them and numb it down i just i don't know what what the logic is in that you know, it's very, you're clouding over some symptoms and they might perk up and be a little bit drowsy and whatnot. But you've got, if nature gives us pain for a reason. You know, you're not going to go through life without feeling pain. So if we're medicating them from early on, they'll never get a pain threshold. They'll never really be able to cope. So then every time you're getting a child with a headache or poorly or sickness bug, it's hell on earth. And you're reaching for the calpol again and again and again. Talking about building up an immune system, should I regulate family visits to begin with? Oh, wow. Okay, so this is interesting, is it? Because I have heard a lot about people who they don't like their babies being kissed and cuddled or um, they're, they're really thinking long and hard about who's coming into the home and... Um, Again, it's what you're comfortable with. Um, I, I, I do actually think that we need to be careful about just passing the baby round. You know, you see in someone's house and that the mum's sitting on the edge in a bloody dressing gown and then the baby's with Auntie Rita over there and she's like, oh, you know, and I think, oh, me, that's a bit too long for baby to be away from mum in those early days. I think it really should be you should sign yourself off from the world for a week or two. At least, whatever feels right. You might have close family and friends pop in, but keep yourself in your little family bubble. Establish that bond. Establish that good feeding routine and that hub, that the heart of the home that is you guys, your baby. That's the most important thing. And then you venture out into the world and you start, you know, doing all these going out for the day with baby oh my god and then you start realizing take this and that and have you got this and oh god (laughs) 
Right, I've got, I've got one of my favourite questions I wanted to ask is, out of 10, how painful is childbirth? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> for years, I used to hate the pain of tattoos. I didn't enjoy it. I know some people do. Um, and people would say to me, well, it's not as painful as childbirth. You've, you've felt nothing. It's a different... And I don't really... I don't even like saying the word pain because it's so... It's so necessary and so important that to see it as this painful fear, it, that's what's instilling fear, okay? So it's like if you break an, an arm or a leg, oh, awful pain, it shouldn't be happening. You've got to go and get a cast on and oh, it gets whatever. But childbirth, this is how we're all here. This is the human existence. This is, you know, what is meant to happen. And I think if you make peace with, the apps, the spiritual nature of it. This is meant to be, and my body is doing exactly what it should be doing. Then you don't need to see it in a light of how. Oh, is it going to be painful, or how painful is it? It's a journey you have to go on to become a mom, to become a parent. And you know, I've never had any drugs in any of my pregnancies in my labours, none whatsoever, and. I would do it again and again and again and again. And I honestly, I feel liberated by the feeling of being complete compassmentless, being in control and believing in myself to the point of no return where I know that I can do it. No one will tell me otherwise. I know. And that's what I love with women is we can. We have got this. We know exactly what we're doing. If we shush all the voices and we go deep inside, you will find that power and it'll just be. Of course, the, you know, there's a point where the head crowns where you're like, whoa. But that's for like seconds. Seconds. <laughs> you know? But what is that? Like what? Uh, that's not hours of pain, is it? You go through this journey and then the head crowns and it's like, oh my God, it's happening. But wow, that's, oh, And then, well, <laughs> they come out and you're like whoa <laughs> you couldn't even imagine it going back in you're like what the bloody Norris uh. and that's it gone you don't even think for a second about all the contractions you've just had or how uncomfortable it felt or, or the head crowning it's gone you're holding your baby and it's it, it's like it hasn't even happened Sean actually wants to film the birth yeah to put on the channel would you advise wow. something like that? Well, we, we're not going to do that area. Yes. Just, I don't think you can. Well, I think like that footage on YouTube. is brilliant to have. Um, I've got a, and it's on YouTube, one of my births, uh, Sam took. And at the time, we'll I, I didn't have a clue. in the description box below this video. <laughs> I could do, couldn't I? If they wanted to. But yeah, it's a, a strange one because I think if it was in my face, I, I wouldn't have, but if it's done subtle you're in your zone it's it's not um evasive invasive um i think that's such a beautiful thing to look back on it really is how can you do it subtly with james knowing him he's gonna james will be in the, in the shadows he's inviting <laughs> he's gonna pretend to be my brother <laughs> to get but there's uh. there's not a subtle isn't there no so yeah but i think you should go ahead with that try anyway and if you're not happy with it then that's just call it off that's enough huge thank you for coming on alex 
If people watching this want to ask you questions or they want to contact you about being their doula, how do they go about that? Well, what I can do is um, send a link to me Instagram with me doula page. Um, I'm still very much open to that side. I'm not practicing right now because I do have other businesses that I'm that I'm kind of full force with at the moment. But I can pass on pass on me me Instagram for doula. That would be fab. So all of Alex's links will be in the description box below this video, as will all of Jen's links will be in the description box below this video. Let us know what you thought about this in the comments. Would you like to see Jen's face in a video when she's giving birth? I can't wait. <laughs> or would you like to see Alex's birth video? Which will be in the description oh, box below this video. Well. <laughs> I think you're going to absolutely smash this. Oh, thank you. you. Thank I think you, you are. I think you feel me with confidence throughout this, so. I think yeah, the open-mindedness of you, you know, is... is, is beautiful you're a strong person. i can't wait to to see what happens i can't wait to see little ziggy oh and uh, yeah i'll be following it all oh thank you well, thanks thank for watching take cheers. care cheers